Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... So I finished my broadcast on Saturday in Tallahassee, just a couple days ago. And I'm sitting there and I'm starting to pack up my stuff, grab my computer, grab my mouse, and grab my my cooler of Diet Dr. Pepper and everything, pack it up, get it ready to go back to the hotel. There's nothing really else to do within a Challenger bubble. And all of a sudden I just hear, Mike Cation! Holy shit! <laughs> what? The what? Mycation. Yes. And there's a there's a young man there, Noah. And he says, Mycation, I, uh, I I listen to the podcast every every week. Wow, that's great. What's what's your name? He says, My name is Eli Myrie. I say, Eli, it's it's nice to meet you. And he said, Yeah, I I met Noah a couple of years ago. I said, I'm very sorry. I said, he said, I know it was just awful. It was just the absolute worst. And I got to tell you, uh, Eli Myrie of Tallahassee, Florida, that made my cold heart warm on the inside, uh, that somebody else bought into just my absolute hatred of Um, Noah Rubin. And it just makes me feel good on the inside. So thank you, Eli. He should get a pin. There should be a club with pins and everybody gets one. And nothing nothing too crazy, just a nod of the head when you walk by, acknowledging yes. that yes. there is a mutual hatred for Noah Rubin. That's What if we made shirts? I hate Noah Rubin. It seems over the top. Actually, <laughs> actually. Um, I'm, I think we should do it. <laughs> what? And I hated right. that you started this way because I was actually I wanted to go a little bit sentimental. Okay. And and it's disappointing. You you went with the hatred and you're taking hairs off your mic and, and you know yeah. it's just I wanted to go sentimental with it and say how pleased I was for you to be back in that booth and and not only that to see the remarks from your friendly gingers of the twitter sphere and other people around that (laughs) to actually welcome you with open arms and say hey we've had tennis but we haven't had it like this and that had to have made you feel good i know i felt good seeing it for you so fuck you for starting the podcast (laughs) off this way but i am happy for you it's eli's fault um no it was it was a lot of fun to be back after six months um 
I and I said this to you yesterday, but I I did miss having you there, uh, and I hope that th- that comes about soon. Um, it was really nice just to be working again, uh, telling some of those stories, uh, telling a lot of Jensen Brooksby stories <laughs> because he won everything, everything, Liter- literally everything. Um, while we were down there, um, but yes, thank you for that, and uh, thank you for. Uh, uh, kind of decompressing with me almost every night uh, as I like telling you all of all of the <laughs> the stories that were going on. Um, a lot was happening. I mean, you know, people wouldn't know this by your appearance, but in this term, you're kind of an athlete in some regard, shape, or form. So I think there was a little bit of uh, a learning curve to getting back out there. I mean, I feel like the excitement kind of wore off after a while, and then exhaustion kicked in. Is that? Fair to say, it was. <laughs> it was just the fact that I'd recently gone through surgery, and sitting on my ass uh, for the particular surgery that I went through, not ideal, <laughs> not ideal. Uh, so I actually pulled an ass muscle, um, and that that happened. In <laughs> you week don't hear two. that every day. <laughs> I pulled an ass muscle. Um, the first week, I, I will say that the tournament directors down there, uh, Jody and Taylor, made sure to get what they said was the best chair on the USTA campus, <laughs> which I appreciated. Uh, I, I, I did appreciate that very much. Um, and then I went to my Goodwill store in Tallahassee to buy a throne for myself. Um, and yeah, so it, I got, you know, I got to that point, but I definitely pulled an ass muscle. I wanna I wanna go into uh, a t- well I guess both of them a little bit. Um, this these are kind of our first events in the states that we've had. Okay, um, let me let me let me let me stop me? you. Me. Yes, okay. I'm gonna stop you just okay. because I want it. you to. I no, these are actually important things oh, that I'm gonna get to. I like important stuff. Okay, and then I'm gonna let you just go free reign. I these are these are Patreon supporters. Oh yeah, Noah. Okay, and they they they've done some wonderful things over the last couple of weeks, and I haven't acknowledged them. Yes, please. Um, Joe C. Prodigy Rep version eighteen point three because he keeps getting banned. Uh, he upped his support on Patreon so that he could actually get an autographed Noah Rubin ball. Can I so, start signing them? Hatred from or hatred to? Yeah, How should sure. we do it? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you know. And as soon as we get the I hate Noah Rubin shirts, I mean, that's can go for it. <laughs> the best. Uh, Craig O'Brien joined as a ten dollar patron, and I, I apologize to Mark, who I'm going to I'm going to do the best I can. Mark Shiroshi, Shiroshi, Mark, thank you so much for your support as well. And I, uh, during our rain delay on Saturday, I did get things boxed up. So tomorrow, after I get my second COVID vaccine, Ooh. I will be getting to the post office to send those out. So that's all of the Patreon support. Thank you, Joe, Craig, and Mark. Thank you, Eli, as well, again. Um, and yeah, to you. You want to talk about Orlando and Tallahassee, and then we do have some... Twitter and Instagram questions for us to go over. Yeah, nothing crazy. I just I kind of wanted to hear from you on site. Obviously, I watched a little bit of it here and there. Um, you know, this being kind of our first American tournaments that we've really had challenger level. Um, it looked interesting to say the least. I, I think some people performed better than I thought they would. I think others cracked under what we were considering the pressures of not having that many tournaments. 
How did that feel to you? What were the emotions like kind of on site around? Was it anxiety filled to say the least or what was it? Yeah. And this got kind of into a question that, um, yeah, we'll go. go. Yeah, no, that Lee kind of asked as well, just kind of this idea of he asked specifically about setting schedules and, and where people were at with that. And I think that's kind of where to answer your question as well, Noah, I think there's just this complete uncertainty about what the next several months holds. You have obviously French is coming up. You've got Wimbledon coming up after that. U.S. Open coming up after that. What's in the middle for challenger level players specifically is so up in the air that I think that's the big question. On top of that, you have what's going to start happening with the rankings in August as well. So um, it was it was actually Dennis Kudla in our podcast when we when we interviewed him about just this idea of just kind of let things happen, just focus on what you're controlling and yeah. That's if you can do that, Godspeed, man, <laughs> you're going to be in great shape. But I think the overall sense I got from talking to a lot of people is that they're just not sure what the next several months holds. You don't know where you're going to be ranked. You don't know what you're really defending. And on top of it, you don't know really where you're going to be able to go and play. And that's hard. I I was kind of talking to a few people about this, and this is goes on a kind of a macro scale and then inner a little bit more is just the idea that what does everything mean? And I know that sounds funny. I'm not, not as philosophical. You know, when you're following a sport, you know, you know what this is going for in your division and playoffs, whatever the case may be. I feel like for a tennis fan that's not like fully into it, they don't know what everything is for. You know, you know, you have a tournament in South America, you have a tournament in Europe, then you have Challenger here, you have an ATP there, and they keep throwing random tournaments out. And you're like, can we just make up a schedule? What, what is this? How are you allowed to just throw tournaments out there? Like there's no set in stone thing, which I understand that's where we're at. But I think that goes to the players as well. And, you know, I know I, I've been a little out of it for, you know, more than a few months, but even speaking to Years, some, really. Even speaking to um, some other players they don't know how the rankings work. You know, we, we, we yeah. don't really know what the rankings look like. So then you look at as a whole and you're like, okay, can I take time off? Cause it doesn't seem like my rankings really moving anywhere. So do I right. care? Well, I have to play because this is what I do and I'm not really right. in the mindset to play. So again, it feels like you have guys that are really, you know, whether they're just coming back from injury and they feel ready to go and they're raring, they don't care about anything. They're doing well. You have guys, up and coming guys like a Brooksby who kind of just starting out has that excitement doing well. But then you have those guys that are the middle ground traveling around the world, kind of just getting by, it seems like. It doesn't seem like yeah. that that thrill is there and it comes from the uncertainty. And I think that goes for fans. I mean, obviously we spoke about you know, the app change and how that kind of led to a little bit of what the fuck is going on here, what's next. And now just putting out random tournaments, it just seems like, what is this all for, you know? Yeah, and at the same time, though, Noah, what I can say as well is that I noticed a lot of camaraderie. Hmm. Frankly, I think the social aspect and the... Like a misery loves um, I, company kind of thing? Or? I, I don't even want to go like the misery side. Yeah. I think it's just genuinely like people miss each other. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, really, like there's it's it's one of these things like, you know, yeah, we're we're 
going to be competitors, but we also, this is what we do and we're here for each other. Um, you know, and I think I, I felt like there's a little bit more of just that idea of, Hey, do you want to go out to dinner? What are you, what are you doing tonight? Not to stop and you, it, but you mean more than ever before kind of thing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It just felt like there's, it wasn't just like loosey goosey and whatever, whatever. Let's just, you know, if, if you have time, we can play a video game or something like that. There was actually, I think it's more so this idea of we're in this together mm. more so than normal. Mm. You and I talk a lot about the idea of individuality within the sport and how ultimately it's, you know, yourself, you are the most important thing. Still true. Right. However, I think there's just this general idea. Yes, there's a lot of tension. Yes, there's a lot of uncertainty. Let's see if we can help get through it a little bit more together. I can say to you, the number of people who asked about you and not just like in a casual, where's Noah, but people who genuinely ask about you, how your ankle is, how your brain is. Are you really going to come back because people want to see you and people want to see you play? Like legitimately want to see you play to what you're capable of doing? Like there were a lot of people who care enough about you and care enough about the other players who were there to say, is Noah okay? I really want to see him play again. I want to see what he's capable of. Like, and I, again, it just really wasn't the case, say, three, four years ago. Well, I'll take the compliments um, for sure. Definitely. It makes me smile. But yeah, I mean, is it a seeking comfort in kind of this is what we have here, let's enjoy it together kind of thing? I mean, the Misery Loves Company, I just meant it as a, you know, larger statement a blanket statement yeah. but yeah i mean I, I think i think we were seeing that a little bit last year was just like there's something larger than what we have going on it's not going to be perfect and and you know we could be upset about those things but let's let's enjoy this kind of together and you know maybe we're not just competitors is that kind of the feel yeah, yeah. okay yeah a little bit of that okay That's... and i that was actually really good to see i got invited out to dinner more than normal which was great i was very appreciative of it um while taking all the precautions, and I, I got that sense that that was a, that was a thing, mm. that was a thing that was actually happening amongst more people, um, even though maybe it might breach some COVID protocols, but I think people wanted to be with other people who right. kind of know what what the situation is, and hey, let's let's go hang out. And I thought that was I thought that was actually pretty cool. And then Jensen Brooksby says all day he he destroyed everyone and all um, day. Let, <laughs> all right, let's let me get into a couple of yes, the, the non Jensen Brooksby questions because we, we will get into, be trying to have him on. Yes, he, in the next he podcast was, or two. The, the point was to do it during one of the rain delays that we expected last week. That didn't happen. Um, he said he would absolutely hundred percent do it this week. So that's the plan. Wow. Okay. He doesn't uh, hate both number of us. one. <laughs> number one was actually how did the weather affect the week's results in Tallahassee? It didn't actually. Yeah. Truly didn't. Um, I mean, we the only day we had a rain rain delay was Saturday um, for the semifinals. And I think it I don't only think it had... heightened, if anything, the mental issues that were taking place on the court. And I, and I think from there, anything that was going to happen was already happening. From what I yeah. saw, uh, on on my court, what I was able to watch it was Bjorn and Dennis Kudla, and Bjorn won the four games right afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and he, you know, and Dennis admitted to me afterwards, he's like, I was a slow starter all week and yeah. I just came out flat. And that, so, yeah, maybe, 
Right. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think ultimately, I mean, Bjorn played very, very well throughout the week. And frankly, the final was really good, mm. really high level. Um, how does Jack Sock get back on track? Uh, I don't think we've given Jack Sock too many <laughs> opportunities to take credit from our podcast, but I will say, and, and this is from a tough critic, I've seen actual change in the past year. I have too. I've seen actual change. I've seen determination. I've seen off-court change from him. Again, you know, we're, we're, we're not naive. And I've seen some of the old – I've seen some of the old Jack too. Of course. Uh, to, to be completely fair. It's going to soak through. I mean, you know, this is – I think this is a – whether it's a persona he built, whether it's, you know, who he was for a long time, you know, that, that stays with you. But what I will say is that um, – what do we – oh, we saw Charlottesville. You know, seeing that change live and seeing kind of that was the, you know, the in-between where, you know, he's the same Jack Sock that was nine in the world, but he was ranked 800 at the time. And, yeah, that, and then and, became unranked right, in and became, 2019. Right. So you go from that to, okay, we can't fuck around anymore kind of thing. You know, this is this is the reality. This is what we're dealing with. And I can keep doing this, but I'm just going to be irrelevant in, in singles especially. So I, I have seen the change. I'm not saying that. There's not going to be, you know, glimpses of the old one. There's not going to be months of that at times. But we also don't know what his goals are right now. I, you know, sure. we haven't spoken. We don't know what it looks like if he's really just putting the effort to see how good he can become. You know, I think the sky is the limit. We've seen the talent that he can produce in some of the tennis. And, you know, when that forehand is there, it's absurd <laughs> to say the least. So, but what I will say is that it has been been changed and, and whether it's the people by him side or you know his wife you know getting married you, yeah. you have no idea i mean we've seen a lot of that kind of calm people down and say hey this is the real world you're not 12 anymore or 18 you know this is this is what it looks like yeah no i i, I mean the the christian harrison match was one of those glimpses of what i remember of jack when i first started broadcasting mm -hmm. at the challenger level when he was 19 20 ish um but but i can tell you Personally, he's interacted with so many people more than he ever did. He has definitely changed off the court mm -hmm. a lot, a great deal. And it's been welcome and refreshing. And I think the same goes for, for a lot of you guys as players. I think it's going to go one of three ways, though. I mean, number one, you know, he's going to get an ATP wild card into Atlanta or something like that. And and he's just going to have, yeah, yeah he's going <laughs> to have a Jack Sock week where right. he just like locks in and can be that guy. Number two, he's actually going to put in the work at the challenger level and get there. Mm -hmm. I, I I don't have a tough time saying that I think he's probably the most naturally, you know, God-given, gifted player that was there over these past two weeks. Mm. Like what, what he has the ability to do with that forehand and serve and control things is a different level. It just is right. a different, different level. So he certainly can put in the work. And Bogomolov, um, his coach, has, is a guy who completely believes that. Number three, he could stop playing. Yeah. And, and it seems to me in just the brief conversations that I've had that he feels more at ease and comfortable in his own body. And again, my conversations with him are very, very brief and, and very top, you know, on the surface. But I just get that sense that he is more at peace with who he is now. And I think that's great to see. And I hope for him that that translates over to what he wants on the court. I really do because I think he's a absurd talent. Yeah. He really is. Um, just a, I, I, so 
Yeah, the yeah. quick add on to that, I think, you know, what we've seen and, and people can't wrap their heads around this idea at all. But, you know, when somebody, you know, has that inner peace and they, they feel okay, you know, we then find out if they love tennis because they won or because mm. they love tennis. Yeah. And and nobody gets it. They're like, well, he was 10 in the world. And I was like, I don't care if he was a thousand or 10 was his peak. He was good and he won matches and it's great to win matches. I mean, there's a reason, yeah. you know, the guys at the top stick around for so long post quote unquote prime is because they're still winning and that's enjoyable. So something, something to look out. I want to give you this question. Yes. Um, and then we'll get into Jensen Brooksby stuff. Hmm. How much stock do you put into hard true results when considering clay court potential? It's actually it's it's a great question to be it honest. Um, it was one of my f- biggest accomplishments because I always attributed myself to a clay court player to some extent, and and nobody believed me until you know basically kind of my run in in 2018 and when I won Tallahassee and did well in some of the red clay. But winning that green clay, I think what it proves is that your movement is there. I think that's a super important factor mm. when you take into account clay where conditioning, movement, uh, things like that, you know, you can get away with, you know, first ball, you know, serve first ball on hardcore. But I mean, I remember I was basically full body cramping at the end of Mark, Mark Pullman's. And I just, mm. if I lost that point, I didn't know what was going to happen. I remember it clearly. And for me, especially the guys I took down during that event, that that was a big deal because one Americans are not known for it. Two, it comes into something that I hold so close to me, which is my physical conditioning, my my movement on court. And I think regardless, um, I actually think it's easier to move on red clay. But I think regardless, you know, it's clay all the way around, sliding into the ball, moving out of it, turning, switching directions. All of that is is any surface. I mean, they're they're all different in one way or another. And I've played on red clay that feels like hard true and vice versa, but. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it still has that feeling in my heart. Yeah. I, I, I will say though, I, I don't know that I necessarily say it translates well to, oh, well he, you did well on these green hard true challengers. That means you're going to do well on the red clay at Roland Garros. <laughs> the biggest problem is just, I don't want to say the quality of player necessarily, but it is, you know, uh, averaging wise, how many true clay quarters you play while playing on a green clay tournament, yeah, whatever right. that means. And and the only green clay events for the most part are going to be in the States. Um, right. You know, to be honest, I don't want to blow. I mean, Houston ATP is basically green clay. Um, so feeling that you're, you're playing American. So I guess that's where it comes into I mean, for my yeah, tell, you're not playing that full clay right. court. Yeah. You're not playing Ramos Vinolas, you know, and, and you're yeah, like, right. oh, shit. But I mean, then again, I did play, I played Kopfer to Kudla, Garin, and Delian to Mark Pullman's. Like, you have at least three. It's a decent week. It's a decent week. <laughs> you know, you have at least, you have one that's won a few, 50, you know, 500, uh, 250s, I'm sorry, on clay. So they're there. But again, the, the average player on green clay is, is not the same. All right, let's let's talk about Jensen Brooksby here, and we're gonna do like ten minutes total, um, uh, and then that's way too long. This is like five seven. He doesn't deserve ten yet because we have oh, a whole on. podcast coming next. Five week. Five minutes for each challenger win over the last two weeks. <laughs> He's coming. Yeah, next we're gonna week. we're gonna talk to him more personally, but this is kind of yeah. So this is behind here, his here back. Are the, <laughs> here are the questions that that we got. Okay. Okay. 
Brooksby's ceiling, number one. Yep. That's his ceiling. Of course. How do you see Brooksby's game translating specific, specifically Excuse me, to the slower red clay? Hmm. Interesting. Um, this this is one. How how do you now that I've seen him play regularly? What do you? Why do you think Brooksby's game has always been discounted or maligned? Um, specifically, why he, he used to be used as an example of why a Kalamazoo champion shouldn't get a wild card into the U.S. Open back in 2018. Uh, 2018, and then finally, how do other pro circuit guys feel about him considering the celebration and the antics, all of that? Okay. So let's start with let's start with kind of the game first and and that aspect. Um, ceiling for right now with no change. Let's say I, you know you have to give it a few. You don't know what can happen in the future because we just don't. But we underestimate what fight can do at a certain yes. level of tennis. Uh, I think we've underestimated underestimated more than a few times. Uh, you tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, he does have a, a very big serve, and, and Brooksby no. has been... What? Uh, not a big serve. No, 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 Listen, 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 listen. Okay, all right, listen, all right. Listen, listen. Okay, I, okay. I, I was getting into my comparison here of, of a Got Jordan it. Thompson. Interesting. In, in okay. the way that people, I believe, discounted him at the beginning, you know, saying that, you know, there are some weak sides to it, you know, shanking forehands, good serve. Everybody knew he had a good serve and he was going to just battle. And regardless mm -hmm. of the temperature of the win, of how he was feeling, how the opponent was feeling, he was going to battle out there. And I yeah. think we discount that all too often. And what I was impressed with, because it was probably the most difficult thing I've dealt with in my five years of being a pro is back-to-backs, is just mm. continuously and at a level that he's not doing serve first ball. You know, he's he's physically out there. That is a tremendous effort at any level, at any time during the year. I don't care. This is COVID year. People not feeling Whatever it may be, that's a hell of an effort. Can we put the excitement of coming out on tour to that? Of course. But at the same point, it has to be spoken about. And there's obviously a fight within him that is not the norm. I mean, I'm, you know, yes. you, you talk about it. Yeah. For me, like I, I see his, his floor. If you talk about ceiling and floor, right. I think his floor, because if he stays healthy mm -hmm. is again, I, I think Jordan's a really good example of that. Like his floor is 80, right? Like that's where, like, I know he will get to about 80 because of the fact that he fucking fights so hard for everything on top of it i think he has just what i think he has a little bit more of than than jordan his depth control mm -hmm. is really really good he's so good on the neutralizing run. Creating, yeah creating depth when he is on a run both wings is extraordinarily good that's like elite level depth that he's able to generate time after time after time despite the fact that he might be moving either side I think that is really, really good. So I, I think his ceiling is probably higher than, than Jordan's in that regard. So, uh, you know, his ceiling, it's shit. I, I, it's so hard to tell because I think can he I put so 15 much, mile per hour on the first serve? You know, can that yes. backhand, that's a weapon. Can that be a little bit more of a weapon? You know, yes. it's, it's those things that you look at that take a, guy that's in that 80 to 120 range for his career to a guy that's settling in at you know 40 to 50 30 even yes he if if that serve if you tell me that that serve gets to 120 
125. Yeah. Okay. Now yeah. we're talking about a guy who's going to battle his ass off, going to grab some free points so he doesn't have to work as hard on his serve. Like what I found myself thinking as I'm watching him for these last two weeks, I think I did nine of his 10 matches, maybe eight of his 10. <laughs> I found myself thinking he's going to get hurt because like the, uh, the how hard he works <laughs> is like an absurd level. Like it's going to, his body is just not going to be able to withstand it if he doesn't get those free points because again, it's, it's admirable how hard he works on every single point. Yeah. I mean, again, this is, I, I played against him a few years ago at Stockton. Um, yeah, right. that was different. You know, he's definitely, uh, improved since then the body wise from what i'm seeing he has a long way to go a long yeah. way to go um you know i think <sighs> and missed a whole year that's also right yeah i mean the, there's there's a lot that goes into it i mean i i know people you know that are talking that he's he's an easily top three in the world you know the thing is you depth is great and that's going to get him beyond the guys that are 150 plus but what it takes to be a 30 in the world player you need a few things that are pretty phenomenal. You know, you need. Yeah. I think he's got it, Noah. I think okay. like so. I, what is what I, is that thing? You know, what what do you you think that fight and the depth? Backhand is, is yeah. The backhand is really good. Okay. I think the backhand is really good. If you told me he was thirty in the world in in a couple of years, I'd say yeah, okay, okay. I could see that because I think I think if his body gets a little stronger. I think he can add to that serve. You can tweak the serve, get it a little bit bigger. He's got the frame, six two, six three. He's it's yeah, it's one hundred percent. I could absolutely see him being. He, here's the thing: I, a broadcaster who who I know and respect actually texted me, and I don't want to say anything. He, he said, "What? Tell me, tell me where this guy's going to go." I said, "This is one of the first times where I can't quantify what's going to make him great." But I can see him being great. I I could you know like w with Riley like okay uh, I know it's gonna make him great. <laughs> Francis comes out and he's just buggy whipping the shit out of some forehands. I'm like all right I can see what makes him great right. and he's got some and you fritz, know yeah. fritz yeah like I can I can quantify it. It's funny it's I this can't age quantify though. it with Jensen. This age group you know I, I had people asking me about the comparison between him and Nakashima. Yeah, you right. know where you have guys that are just I mean extremely locked in you know just really locked in and when they're on they're a nightmare to play against and, and i think we underestimate that i'm not sold on 30 yet 50 yeah i'm not sold on 30 yet i mean there's a lot of great stuff again just being in that spot from somebody that's a physical player and, and i you know took the brunt of it and had my mental things that i dealt with but to know how a body gets beat up after the excitement is gone. I mean, you saw what I did in Seville. That was nine, well, that was eight matches straight. You know, yeah. and, and you go from that and then you go into the next year, you're like, okay, again. You know, if he didn't, if he doesn't make that first breakthrough, which, you know, it gets, it, you hit a wall and then you say, okay, now I'm the tennis player I am. Let's see what I can do to get to the next step. But I, I, I really do think, and we're talking about that ranking system. We spoke about that um, before the pod and, you know, that ranking, if he continues a little bit more and the rankings drop the way they should, you know, he can find himself come January at that, you know, 75 in the world spot. Yeah. I mean, he's top 75 right now in terms of the, the, the race, right. uh, the year end rate. I mean, he's, he's earned it. He is. Yeah, I, I and to to the question we got, why do you think his game has always been discounted and maligned? 
Um, <laughs> it's an easy I think answer. That gets into, I think I think that gets into the the how do guys feel about him with the antics and the celebration. And, and for me, that's I think that's a bigger question. Like his serve, you know, his serve's going to be a question until it's not. Uh, so we didn't really see these antics for that long. I mean, this kind of came up during this stage of his career. I feel like I don't remember them when he played me, or he was nervous can, at least when he came in. What? I can tell you, I, I there was a coach, another coach who texted me, okay, and said that this is he's been able to do this since he was in boys' twelves, like get in enough okay. in people's heads in one way or another that he's been able to just just be there and in somebody's head and they don't feel like they're going to be able to do it for three sets, three hours with him. Well, I can answer the question of, the, of being discounted. It's an easy answer. He's boring. You take the antics out of it, the mm. tennis is fairly boring, and people discount that every single time where you're talking about, you know, the fritz. I don't think – let me just stop you because yeah. I don't think you mean that as a, like a – No, it's uh, not an insult. No, yeah, no, no, no yeah. not an insult in any way. No, 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 no. I mean he, he's – He's not overly athletic. He's athletic, and he and he makes do of balls. But he's not a demonar. You know, he's not doing anything out of the blue. He's he's very solid. You take away the antics of that fun kind of antagonist. The tennis is fairly textbook, if you would call it, to a certain extent. Okay. And I understand and what you mean. And by with that. that, people discount that immediately because they they say, "Well, that's just tennis." Well, yeah, that fucking works. Tennis works in a tennis world where and you, it's really good tennis. Right, it's so, really good. You know, I think I don't know why people gave more credit to Nakashima earlier on. Maybe it was just a little more. Um, you know, the results came a little earlier on for Nakashima. But again, you look at a Fritz and you're like, you know. We don't care how he looks running to a drop shot. Have you seen his first ball after a serve? You know, yeah. and they look at that and they're like, easy. When you look at something quote unquote boring, you just it doesn't compute for you that this is a thirty in the world guy, but he keeps winning matches. So, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's an interesting play, and, and I want to give him until twenty twenty three. I think mid twenty twenty three, you know, will be a, a good prediction of what the next five years after that will look like for him. Yeah, and I can, you know, in terms of how do the other pro circuit guys feel about him, <laughs> um, not great. <laughs> um, to be honest, I, 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 you know, and there have been a couple of players who kind of have similar, you know, celebrations right. or, or things. And Ram Kumar Ramanathan is a guy who I think pops into my head <laughs> yeah. um, in the last couple of years. It's, it is. It's hard because you you know like that coach said you just find yourself thinking Jesus do I really want to deal with this for two and a half hours and I <laughs> I think it's funny I I talked to a somebody who's been around the game for twenty five thirty years and they said to me bluntly fifteen years ago somebody's taking him outside in the locker room and just being like you need to cut the shit out <laughs> you need to cut the shit out right. You really need to cut this shit out now. Like, you know, in that, that threatening tone. But I, here's the thing, man. Like, it's fucking great for the game. It is, it is absolutely great for how the sport can be marketed. It is fucking fantastic. Yeah. No, and we spoke about this a little bit. And I guess the last question we could put on this is, would you rather the semi-tank, that's what I have to do to play my tennis, or would you rather the in-my-face, I'm going to fuck you up, that's my tennis? Because there are players that we've had that 
they have to do that semi tank to play their own tennis. That's their comfort mm. level. And yeah. for Brooksby to get into that zone of I'm going to die in the court, he has to play this way, which I get. I mean, God, I've yep. had to show my own. I've had to say sorry to more than a few people before on the court. But it's just, what would you rather? I guess is the question. Yeah. No. I think. I think. I think this shows the individualistic nature of our sport in that you may not, you know. Uh, Dennis Kudla is going to play pretty quiet and, and, you know, straight up. And, but Jensen plays on that edge. And that's going to draw a lot of people fan-wise who love to see that. But then when, when he says, all day, baby, like that's going to – Yeah, but like for me, if, it's like it also went to the side of tennis players are such wimps, man. <laughs> like it went to that and I was like I watch like old basketball because I can't watch whatever is happening in the new age of basketball right now and like even like just watching reruns of Iverson and stuff like that like all day baby is going to like throw you off your game like that's right. that's what gets you to the other side like the edge yep. like yeah we need some of that could he be possibly more likable but this is who he is I mean he just came into the tour this is how he's entering he has you know, he's no regrets right now. We need people like that. And if all day baby is really what throws you off, you're probably a little weaker than you want to be. Yeah. And, and frankly, you get yourself up to that level Yeah, pretty quick. If he's, if he is at that level, you know exactly what Jensen Brooksby is going to be coming into the match. Raise your own level and get there. Uh, I hope he um, says And I, day, I think, I, I think it's going to be really interesting for me, Noah. He's going to, He's going to be at the French. He's going to be at Wimbledon. Um, and in the next couple of months, there is going to be, you you know it, there's mm-hmm. going to be a scout that's out on him now, Yeah. right? Now people are going to say, okay, this is what we can do. This is what we can't do. Um, What's it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. It's because of the fact that, that, again, he's going to compete so incredibly well. Yeah. And that's going to give him that ability to be pretty much in every single match. And there's something to be said for that. No, 100%. It's a little early, but I think January 2022, you know, we're going to see where he's located. And, and, you know, it's just exciting to have a new player out there. I agree. Um, and one that, that draws interest from from a more casual fan. And I, I think it's going to be fun as hell when, when we actually see crowds again. Because <laughs> crowds, like, young younger fans are going to eat that shit up, oh, man. Oh, are you talking like, about the, the women? great. The women and the men coming back from, like, drinking and they're just going to be in the stands and, like, Oh, fucking amazing. <laughs> That'll be so great. Yeah, players players might be unhappy, but fuck, the fans are going to love him. It's going to be really good. Um, okay, the plan, again, is to get Jensen on. Uh, if not this week, we're going to try to make sure we get him before he goes to Europe so the scheduling is easier for all of us, uh, although he is out in California. But that's the hope that we can get him on for next week's pod. Thank you guys all so much from, from truly, I really appreciate all the interactions from the last couple of weeks. It's meant a lot. Noah, even though I give you shit, I really genuinely missed having you out there. And I, I do think I speak from a, for a lot of players when I say there are a lot of people who want to see you playing, not just playing, but actually at the level we know you're capable of. And we've all seen it, and we're hopeful that at some point it it gets to that point where you're happy playing at that peak level again. So, I, I yeah, a lot of people voice that exact same sentiment, and I voice it to you as well. I appreciate it. Well, we got some things coming up that we'll 
we'll talk about soon. But yeah, some tournaments I'll be playing and uh, get to see that little face right there. Oh, God. I can't wait for you to squeeze me. <laughs> the show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.